it's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. They broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous But when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization. Woo, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tyler, uh, oh, just yeah. when you thought we were headed into the, uh, the slow time of the year, huh? Nick Saban goes on and uh, gives us some big-time content. Wow. Um, it's despicable. I tell you, I can't. we, we got to keep doing this with the young kids. He's coming out here. It's despicable. You know, I just can't believe he's a narcissist, and he's a bad person. And if you want to you, you want to dig up Nick Saban's past, I guarantee you, you can find something over there, down there at Tuscaloosa. Oh, man. Just fascinating from a million different angles. Um, I, I guess the the first thing you gotta t- you gotta ask is okay. Well, whose side are you on? Are you on Saban's side, or are you on Jimbo Fisher's Next side? Next line is very much pro Nick Saban. I, I asked really? that last hour. I I don't think I got a team Jimbo response. You know, some people said. I'm team neither. You know, I don't like either one of these right. guys, but no one said, yeah, team Jimbo, he's he's right here. Well, I, I guess you being uh, on taking Saban's side or, or Jimbo Fisher's side, it's really not – it's not taking either one of those guys' side. Are you on the side of uh, this new NIL system is is great and should be exploited? Or are you on the side of this new NIL system is not good, not good for college football, and it's going to lead to problems? I think those are the two different camps here. Saban is, we know what camp he's in, and we know what camp Jimbo Fisher's in. Um, Now, I am fascinated by how this thing ramped up as quickly as it did. You know, and... Nick Saban saying that they they bought their whole recruiting class. He, he's saying something that everyone else in the United States uh, that follows college football is saying, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's oh, yeah. not like uh, Nick Saban out of the blue brought up something that nobody's accusing them of something that no he's one else is even talking about. He's not even the first one to about. say it. Lane Kiffin right. did that over a month ago, and uh, uh, Jimbo had to address it. Saban's not the right. first one. And, you know, and Jimbo comes right back, calls a press conference, wants to talk about it. 
um, you know, tries to offer up that there's all kinds of dirt on Saban, but he doesn't give any. You know, if you're going to do that, you better offer something up instead of just saying, hey, go dig around, you know. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was strange. Here's the other thing I thought. And play the clip again, and this time listen to it from this perspective. It's it's a minute twenty two though. Is the oh, okay? Thing. You don't I have, mean you don't have to play it all? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty long. Well, but here's what he does, which I think is fascinating. He tries to paint it like Nick Saban is saying the kids did something wrong. You're going after 17-year-old kids and their families. It's despicable. No, 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 no. I like how you took yourself out of the line of fire and tried to offer up the the 17-year-old kids as human shields there, Jimbo. He's not talking about the kids. He's talking about you, right? Yeah. But he keeps saying uh, attacking these kids and their families is despicable. He's not. Not attacking the kids and their families. Um, hey, if, if you're a 17-, 18-year-old kid and you've been offered up these huge deals from a school like Texas A&M, go get it. Hey, go do it. I understand. I understand that 100%. That's not the argument here. And trying to paint it as such disingenuous at best. Yeah. By the way, we do have an update on the situation here, or there's Ooh. more to the situation, I guess. I guess Nick Saban's going on a radio interview at 3.30. Oh, so, patch us in. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't think that Saban's going to take the high road here. If I'm looking at it from his perspective, I do think that the majority of college football fans, at least the ones that are in his area of the country, you know, the, the people that actually really care about the sport and show up to games, right. are on his side. They may not come out and say that they're Team Saban on this whole thing, but they align more on his side of thinking when it comes to NIL. If Saban continues to push towards Jimbo Fisher, you know, and stay on this kind of line of thinking, is, he's got a real chance here, man, of painting A&M as – they are the poster child for the NIL era. And if AM continues to be an eight-win team moving forward, like me and many other people think that they're going to be, then I think Saban can paint Jimbo and AM into a little bit of a corner here. And when they struggle next season and the year after that and the year after that, coaches like Nick Saban will be able to point and say, well, see, this is where NIL gets you. You can pay $3 million for a recruiting class, but look at A&M. They were doing it more than anybody else, and they haven't been successful. They're not anything more than what they've ever been before. So I would expect Saban to continue to be on the offensive here. And God, I hope he is because it's entertaining. um, I'll tell you, either Saban is playing 4D chess uh, chest. chest. Chess. Well, it's on your <laughs> mind today. Golly. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, here's the thing. It works out beautifully, doesn't it, that he plays both Texas and Texas A&M this year? No doubt, man. And I think and he's going to, like you said, paint them in the corner, put them as the poster boy for the NIL, and then – he hopes go in and pound both of them. Now, obviously, A and M is in Tuscaloosa, but you're going to Austin. Talk it up. Talk about how they bought their teams, and then go in there and destroy them, and and say that it that model doesn't work. 
And I think that's it, I would forecast that that's exactly what's going to happen. The combined score of the A&M Alabama and the A&M Texas game is going to be somewhere around 125 to 12, and <laughs> Alabama will come out looking pretty good on this one, I think. So, right, 3:30. I cannot wait to hear what Nick Saban says. That's beautiful, and I would what expect think, him. You- I would expect him to be very aggressive too, because you know. Saban said what he said. It was a very strong opinion, pointed directly towards A&M and Jackson State. But Jimbo, man, he got really personal with this. Really personal with that. And if I'm Saban, I'm saying, well, dang, I I disagree with how you're going about things, but you essentially called me a narcissist and a bad person in front of everyone. That ain't going to fly. Watch this. Right. Yeah. Very interested in how, how it goes. What's more interesting to you? Uh, Saban and Fisher or Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Is there more uh, number twos taken in the bed on on this one? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We're just getting ramped up. Uh, the, the, the real insults haven't started flying just yet. Uh, my question is, you know, when, when Saban said what he said and – and offered that out there, he knew it was going to create something. He, you know, he's one born yesterday. Now, I I wonder if he's got receipts. You know, I wonder if he's, I wonder if he was poking the bear, trying to get something to happen just like it did, and now he's going to produce something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he is. Uh, by the way, in case you didn't hear the audio from earlier today, Jimbo Fisher, he's dead. He's done with Nick Saban. That relationship is done. I mean, he did create all the advantages for himself. It's not like he plopped into a place that was just ready to turn into the greatest dynasty maybe that we've ever seen in college football history. But, all right. All right, Jimbo. Yeah, well, hey, he's got all the advantages. I mean, A&M's pumped a billion dollars into facilities and a percentage of that into recruiting class. I mean, they've hey – if it sounds like anyone's pouting that they didn't get their way, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I do understand Jimbo's side of things whenever he's saying that, listen, all we did is the same thing everyone else did. We just had the resources to do it bigger. Right, I think that's what he's saying, and you know, Saban is attacking A and M. Whenever, well, supposedly it was done within the letter of the law, which I don't know. You're not supposed supposed to be able to um, 
to offer up to somebody an NIL deal before they're there, right? That's supposed to be something like that. That is an inducement to I come play there, you. and that is not supposed to be within the rules. So, you know, it sure it sure doesn't seem like it all just happened organically. Like, oh wow, we got these kids, and we're we're able to get them to NIL deals as soon as they sign. It does sound like a lot of that stuff was prearranged. But, again, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Nick Saban's going to produce some receipts on this deal. Um, I'm going to play a couple more clips from Jimbo's presser earlier today. This one was probably my favorite, though. It's <laughs> saying that maybe someone Ooh. should have slapped Nick Saban upside the Ooh. head. Uh, I told you, you got personal, dude. Man, you got personal real quick. Um, and then there's let me let me find out which one it is. I'll find it. Um, basically, kind of compares him to you know saying everyone thinks that he's God. Well, yeah. there's maybe more to the situation. I think this was it. You think Jimbo's reaching there, or do you think he actually knows some things about the way that Saban's operated that uh, aren't, uh, I don't know, wouldn't be looked at too kindly in the public eye? Um, well, I'm sure that Saban has, has, has definitely done some things um, coaching-wise that would not be looked at in a good light. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I, I think that you better be careful treading down that road because it, it, it's one of those things where I, if you want to win at the highest level, a lot of it, I mean, you've got to be, you got to be really creative everywhere, right? You got to be creative in recruiting. You got to be creative in uh, game planning and uh, you know scouting other teams, whether it's signals, whether it's personnel. I, I, I don't think anyone would be shocked to know that there's espionage going on out there. We've seen it at every level, right? I mean, there's there's secrets being traded for out there i'm sure that and that's what i'm saying you better be careful it's it's like one of those things like don't ruin the system for everyone like if you're going to start calling someone out you better make sure um you don't have any bad relationships with any coaches in your past oh yeah because uh someone could say i'm going to have a press conference too let me tell you about what jimbo fisher did whenever he was at florida state 
You know, you know, yeah. You know what's interesting too is now that A and M is being, like we said, kind of painted as the poster child of this whole NIL era, and I'm sure right. that they were going to continue it anyway. But now, if you're a four or five star recruit, A and M is recruiting you, and they don't offer you a nice NIL package. They're going to be like, well, what, what, what's the, you know, like there's probably yeah. this expectation now that whoever you are, if A&M's recruiting you, you're going to get a, a lot of money to go play college football for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're able to talk to any recruit in the country right now. And, you know, I, but what comes with that is expectations. No one's going to sign with you anymore if you don't have uh, – an NIL deal waiting and ready. Fascinating stuff. I love it. Can't wait to hear what Saban says. 3.30, you said? 3.30 Central. Yeah. Woo, buddy. Woo. I'll be monitoring uh, Twitter, and I'll, I'll let you know everything he says right when it happens. I, I assure you that. Awesome. All right. Quick timeout. I'm hanging out the Thursday location, Newcastle Casino, I-44 exit 107 in Newcastle. I'm hanging out the front row sports bar they've got. Uh, off-track betting going on. they got the PGA Championship going on here. Plus, it's happy hour every day from 3 to 6. And uh, they got $5 wells, $3 domestics. Come out and see us here at Newcastle. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We've got several texts rolling in, uh, so let's get to some of those. The saddest thing with all these NIL deals is they are performance-based. So what type of mental toll is that going to take on an 18-year-old kid to perform? Then what happens if he loses that money one year into college because of performance? The long-term effects of this haven't been considered by some of these coaches or schools. I don't know. Are any of them performance-based? I haven't seen anything like that. I feel like they're pretty much understood they're going to be three- or four-year deals. Yeah. But performance-based is like saying, like, if you're not – if you don't score this amount of touchdowns or have this amount of yards rushing or – this many sacks or something like that. That's how I take that. And as far as I know, I don't think there's anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Teddy and Tyler, this is from Jimmy and Tulsa. Dang, October 8th, Bama versus A&M and OU versus Texas. What a college football Saturday that's going to be. I think Ohio State and Michigan State is on that day too. So, yeah, mm. October 8th is going to be legit. And now, I after today, I think that Alabama and A&M is going to be the most anticipated game of the season. Not the best game of the season, the closest game of the season. I think it'll probably be a blowout. The spread is Bama minus 16.5. But the most anticipated game of the season, I think that that's probably it. And I feel like the nation might be rooting for Alabama to curb stomp A&M in this game, actually. Yeah, I at least right now, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. Maybe there'll, there'll be 
a truce called at some point? I don't know, but doesn't sound like it. Uh, Jimbo Fisher said he's done. D-U-N, done. It, so, yeah. If this ends good for Saban, it will help Brent Venables with his approach as well. Rooting for Saban's side on this one. That is an interesting take. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I – yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the impact would be, but that would be the better side to happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which, you know, it sounds like there was a lot of a lot of the right coaches and ADs and and presidents were in agreement with that. Um, and that's why there was all this pressure from the NCAA not only to to figure out some rules and some guidelines, but to also, and maybe it's just an empty threat, I understand that, but to also come out and say that they're going to go back and see if anything, any misdealings happened, if any of these NIL deals uh, came to fruition not in the proper manner, uh, then they're going to hold those boosters and those universities accountable so we'll see if any like i don't expect any of no, that to happen i don't but i think that that is at least done from pressure from people that yeah. are not happy with the current system i'll, I'll give a&m credit for this i think they're probably really good at the way that they construct all this um i would imagine that if any of that happened they're able to hide it pretty effectively i don't think that they're going to find i don't think a&m is about to be on probation by any stretch uh, this text says, in addition to using high school kids as human shields, Jimbo hid behind the pay-for-play accusations by repeatedly referring to no Texas laws were broken. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and like to a certain point, I think that's true, unless – there was a negotiated NIL deal done before a player signed, which I can almost guarantee that's exactly what happened, right? Yep. I mean, that's how you're convincing them. So if that's how it happened, that is inducement to play, and that's supposed to be illegal per the NCAA. Now, I don't I don't know what Texas is – laws say about that but the ncaa's that's that's not not allowed i would uh wouldn't you love to be the radio host about to interview nick saban all you have to say is uh nick welcome to the show what do you think uh, about what Cur- or, uh, kirby about what jimbo said today and he'll just probably go on for about 10 minutes i a bunch of ites in there ites in there yeah which, I, I would say that, yeah, it, I would love to be that radio host, but there is still a decent chance that whenever he asks Saban what he thinks about what Jimbo Fisher says, he's like, I don't I don't even know what he said. I don't care. What are you talking about? He's watching the Weather and Channel then, all day long. He's at the yeah, lake. And then you're, then you're stuck. Then what do you do? <laughs> uh, you tell him. You tell him exactly what Jimbo said, and then you get the reaction out of that. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about what Jimbo said today. Here's a couple clips of what Saban said last night that spurred all this.
There's three ites in there. Is Nick Saban a little bit nervous that he doesn't want to get heavy into the NIL game? That's not really his model, and teams like A&M are really pushing this model to where even Alabama might have to do it in the future. Is that Saban's biggest worry here, if there even is one? I don't know. I think that I think Saban is in a position to understand that it's it's not the best way to to run a successful program. And uh, he's got a formula that works and if if you have to upset that model by starting to pay players it, it can really throw a wrench into that whole whole system that he has and I I, I agree that it's I, I don't think it's a good way to build a team not at that age I don't I, I don't think I don't think the kids are prepared for it I don't think that um, I it's not just as easy as like the NFL saying, well, the NFL pays their guys. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but the NFL has consequences and repercussions built in for when players uh, don't follow the rules. And in college football, the only thing that you have is like what authority they – it's like a fiat system. It's only what they think you're allowed to do to them, because if you're if you're paying a bunch of money, and and guys are start not showing up to workouts, and well, yeah, coach, I'm not, you know, since I've got a couple million dollars now, instead of doing off season workouts with the team here in Tuscaloosa like I've always done, I'm gonna go do it in California. I've got a, an apartment I've got in California. I'm gonna work out out there with some guys. And there's nothing you can do about that. Sure, yeah. And it, it just it it changes that whole dynamic. And you know the NFL has has stuff written into contracts, and you're late to meetings. They find you fifteen grand. Uh, you miss a you you miss a bus. You miss a, a practice. You miss a workout. They can find you. You miss weight. They can find you. In college, they can't do anything to you. All right, so Nick Saban is on this radio interview. One thing I'm seeing, quote, I should have never singled anyone out. That was a mistake. I apologize for that. So we'll hit a break. I'll get all of the quotes that Nick Saban is saying right now on a radio interview outside of our market. And there's an update on Jordan Addison. Uh, USC or Texas, we'll tell you about that coming up next as well. So we got a lot to get into next segment. All right, sounds good. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay with us.
Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number one of The Rush. This Nick Saban radio interview is still going. Here's a a couple things that he said so far. He said, quote, I should have never singled anyone out. That was a mistake. I apologize for that. So came into the interview apologetic and kind of having that same tone, man. But I'm not against NIL. It's a great thing for players. Our players made a lot in NIL. He said that but still asking if this is a sustainable system in college football. Also said that he reached out to Jimbo and Deion Sanders, but never got a response. I feel bad about it, but I'm not changing my philosophy, end quote. So I thought that he might continue on the offensive here, but eh, not not so much. Sticking to his guns here, but being being apologetic at the same time. Do you think that that he's worried about uh, some skeletons in the closet getting exposed? No, I, I don't. I don't think so, man. I really don't. Um, he also he just said this. I wasn't saying anyone did anything illegal. That was something that was assumed. That wasn't what I meant or what I said. It's not illegal. It's the system that allows you to do it that I have a problem with. Right. Which is you know kind of what we were talking about earlier. Um, And I, I still think something, I guess, illegal against the rules probably did happen. You know, if if you're getting that many guys that have that many NIL deals yeah, before sure. they ever show up, then something's going on. But I don't know. I, you know, I, it, did I saw earlier today that Deion Sanders was set to have a response to, to Nick Saban, but I never saw anything else from that. Did he yeah, ever come I, out and say anything? I, I just saw a couple tweets that he had um, saying a million dollars for Travis Hunter. I don't even get paid a million dollars at Jackson State was, was his rebuttal. and He had a couple of tweets out there, but I'm going to guess at some point, maybe as soon as tomorrow, that uh, primetime is going to make his statement on this. But I don't know. It almost feels like Nick Saban has diffused the situation a little bit with his comments during this interview. I hope not. I want this to continue throughout the offseason. The best part to me is Lane Kiffin just sitting on the sidelines and just laughing at the whole deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, Man, I don't know. It's. I'm kind of with you. I wanted to, to see where this thing could go. Um probably smart by Saban to play it the way he is but not the the most fun for the rest of us right we want to see some fireworks let's go yeah well it doesn't change Start making my wild accusations doesn't change my opinion of the outcome of the game on uh, what is that October 8th it's going to be a bloodbath on October 8th you know Saban's playing the nice guy now maybe but he ain't going to be playing the nice guy once he plays A&M and that's is an interesting point about Texas I don't think he's going to be playing. If he's got an opportunity to run up the score on both of those teams, I think he's definitely going to do it for recruiting purposes, for NIL purposes, for a whole lot of reasons. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think you're right. I think that if, if like one of the best things that he can do to try and prove his point on the um, the NIL situation is to go in and – Make those teams look as bad as you possibly can. 
and and say, see, that system doesn't work. Those teams don't play together. And, you know, I, I don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like. We haven't seen the – we haven't seen it play out yet. It's also new. Last year we had a couple of, like, guys had a deal at a restaurant and a deal at a dealership. Last summer it was way more like everyone kind of expected, like, the spirit of the rule to be, and things got out of hand really, really, really quickly. So – We'll see what the we'll see what the the next like, whoever starts winning the most football games, that's what the next model is going to look like. Sure. By the way, um, Jordan Addison updates least surprising update ever. Just going to go ahead and tell you, there was a, uh, a a guy that says he covers Texas, reporting that it looks like Texas has made the move for Jordan Addison and he was going to commit to UT. To which I said, Yeah, I've. I've lived through this exact situation earlier this year. That ain't happening. I don't believe that. Now Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods is saying that Texas gave Jordan Addison a lot to think about over the course of the last two weeks, but the expectation is that he will announce a commitment to USC. Texas Hmm. gave nothing for Jordan Addison to think about. I'm convinced it was USC from the get-go. It was just playing this whole show up just like the Caleb Williams situation and what he did with Wisconsin. We read right. that one as soon as it happened. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. What could um, what could Texas have given him to think about? NIL if it's money. An NI- if it's an NIL deal, well, that's supposed to be uh, an inducement and against the rules. So... See how stupid this all is? Yeah, it really is. And I and I adamantly agree with Nick Saban on everything that he's saying. It's like, is this really a sustainable model? Is this is this really one? He's almost like the grandpa of this whole thing. Is this what you guys really want to do? This is what you guys want to do? Seriously? Right. All right. Okay, we'll do it this way. I'll dominate this way, but okay, we'll do it this way. Right. Yeah. I I don't I don't like it. I don't know. I don't know if there's an off ramp though. That's the crazy thing. How do we, how do we get out of it? My guess is if if there's new rules and there's a, a rule put in across the board, then it's probably going to end up right back in court, you know. And the whole, a lot of people are advocating for like the the full on pay for play system where. They're, they're employees of the university. That, and it feels like that's where this whole thing ends up, and I believe that is a total disaster. That is not what the university wants, and that is definitely not what the players want. Yeah, I think they probably think they want that, but I don't, I don't think that's the road they want to go down. Um going to be awkward when Saban and Dion keep doing these Aflac commercials together. Real awkward. Feel bad for that duck that he's got to be in the middle of this thing. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. Huh. That is interesting. Wow. I had not thought about that. So uh, I guess maybe that commercial series is is done. Well, Dion's done with it. <laughs> Nick, Nick Saban's not. I, it's crazy to think, right, that if anyone's getting kicked out of that deal, it's probably going to be Dion, not Nick Saban. Right. 
All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up, hanging out Newcastle Casino, I-44 exit 107 in Newcastle. I'm hanging out by the Front Row Sports Bar. Uh, they've got happy hour going on every day, 3 to 6. Uh, they've got $3 domestics, $5 wells. Uh, they've also got off-track betting going on in here, plus they've got the new off-track betting area with, uh, with extended seating, more televisions, more betting kiosks. Really, really good stuff going on here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the refs. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Day one of the PGA Championship is underway. And our coverage of the PGA Championship in Tulsa is brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems. Locally owned and operated, Elite Roofing is OKC and Tulsa's affordable roofing company. Give them a call if you're in OKC, 405-361-3094 or in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Let's go out to Matt Reynolds, who is live at the event. He's covering the PGA Championship for us at the ref this week. Matt? Um, for people that haven't been able to watch a whole lot of this tournament today, what, what's been the major storyline so far in day one? Without a doubt, it is Rory McIlroy who is in the lead at five under, a shot ahead of the field in the clubhouse. And so there's still plenty of golf to be played today. Scotty Scheffler could very well make a run of that before the end of the day. But if for anyone that knows golf, Rory McIlroy hasn't played well in an opening round in a long time in a major. So today was a huge step forward, and he did it next to Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth, who neither one of them played well. So it was very, very impressive, the display that he put on this morning. Now, it looked like to me, Matt, um, as those morning rounds were starting to finish up, it was getting hotter out there, drier, and the wind was picking up. How much more difficult is the course playing this afternoon than it was this morning? Teddy, these guys are not prepared for Oklahoma heat. I can tell you that. They are... (laughs) dropping like flies out here we're seeing guys sit down and chug waters and just basically complain and moan about the heat so i think the heat is the biggest factor the wind has picked up but to be honest i think some of these guys with the heat are like hey we could use a little breeze every now and then so i I think the biggest thing is the heat which has dried out the green made them even quicker and it's playing i would say at least a, a half shot to a shot more difficult this afternoon Matt, I, I'm cool. I'm sure it was cool to just see Tiger Woods out in action, but I'm guessing a lot of people disappointed that he fired a four over today. His journey to make the the cut going to be tough over the next day or two. It's going to be tough, and I I, I don't want to say impossible because it's Tiger Woods, but the biggest reason why I would borderline say impossible is not because of just his play today, but he's dragging that leg. He really hurt that leg on the back on the back nine and. Started to notice it in the second to last hole on his tee shot there on eight, uh, which was his 17th hole for the day. He lost his footing. It's been a big, big conversation that he's not wearing Nike anymore. He's wearing foot joys that have metal spikes. Well, spikes, something went awry. He lost his footing in the leg and really grimaced really hard. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see him withdraw. Would not shock me one bit. Uh, but I know he's going to try to give everything he can. This is the guy that's played on a broken leg before, so... I don't think we're going to see him give in easily. Yeah, he's almost old enough to start playing golf in New Balances out there, the solid blacks. Um, 
but <laughs> we'll, nice. we'll see if he can keep it together. Um, how about some of the local guys? Um, I see Taylor Gooch uh, right now. He's even through 12. At least that's how I have it. Um, any of the other local guys you think have a chance to make a run at this thing? Well, the guy that a lot of Sooner fans will be happy to hear this uh, really has a true shot at this is Abraham Answer. He's three under in fourth place. He's done for the day. And he's got the wave you want. The wave you wanted was the early wave today and the late wave tomorrow. The way the weather sets up the wind, that tends to, most people agree, to be the easier of the two waves. And he started really well. So I, I think he shot at this. He was on the opposite side of the course as Tiger Woods. I think that also helped because he didn't have yeah, we got uh, connection issues with, with Matt. We'll uh, try to catch up with him here in a couple of minutes. A reminder that our coverage of the PGA Championship brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems. Give him a call if you're in OKC, 405-361-3094, 918-984-5475. So, you know I don't know a whole lot about golf. So, may, maybe you're a good person to – Answer this for me. Maybe not. I don't even know if you've ever been to a PGA event before. But, you know, like a college football game, we can point to a number and say, oh, wow, that was a great attended game. There was 88,000 people there. Same thing for the NBA. Same thing for the NFL. Like, you get the point. How do you determine or can you tell? Is there a number attached to turnouts at golf tournaments to where you can say, like, Oh yeah, a lot of people cared about this tournament. This is how many people were there. Well, I think pretty much any major is going to be at capacity. Nearly every single ticket that's available, someone's going to have and someone's going to be there. Uh, and that's what it looked like out there today for a Thursday. Really big galleries, a lot of people out there. Looked like a good environment. So, yeah, and I, I think anytime you have Tiger Woods these days where he's playing in a major, it's going to draw tremendous interest. And it it looked like it today from what I saw. And I know people were happy to see John Daly out there early on the leaderboard, Tyler. Uh, he, was, he was the leader early this morning. And he ended up firing a respectable two over on a tough course out there. And uh, if he goes out there and shoots even par tomorrow or maybe even throws a um, – you know, an under-par number up there. He's going to be around for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, someone was reading me a tweet from yesterday. It said, follow John Daly around all day today. It was the practice round. Drank zero bottles of water. It was like eight Diet Cokes, six bags of peanut M&Ms, and smoked 21 cigarettes. <laughs> it's like some – I feel like I'm pretty close to those numbers. That's legendary, dude. And there was a uh, photo of him on the driving range smoking a heater while he's uh, warming up. So cool. Well, so awesome. I also I also saw him in uh, one of the practice rounds earlier this week hit one of his tee shots off of the top of a beer can. So <laughs> That's his party he, trick. He's in true major form out there right now, John Daly is. Hey, let me plug something real quick before we hit the top of the hour. Um, Unfortunately, today is the anniversary of a a very dark day for the OU football program. I believe it was 11 years ago today, Austin Box tragically passed Mm. away. So if you would consider donating to the Austin Box 12 Foundation on what I know is a tough day, 
for the Austin Box family. That's austinbox12foundation.com. They got T-shirts there. They got an area to donate, but um, that, that would be an awesome cause if you're looking to donate to some money somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool uh, that they've got that up. Good stuff. Thanks for bringing that up, Tyler. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. We've got hour number two of The Rush coming up next here from Newcastle Casino.